This is the story of the people, places, and organizations that make Katy, Texas a great place to live. You're listening to the Katy Podcast. If you were to conduct a survey on things Americans complain about the most, my guess is one of the top two or three answers given would be healthcare. Long waits at the doctor's office, insurance coverage problems, the list of potential annoyances is long. But what if healthcare wasn't just a frustration in your life, but rather a near impossibility? For many in the Katy area and for a variety of reasons, the barriers to care are so numerous that they are hard pressed to find a solution when they or their family members are sick. I am pleased today to have a conversation with Carrie Benton. Carrie is the Director of Clinical Care and a Family Nurse Practitioner with Christ Clinic, an outstanding organization in our area serving the population that I just spoke to you about. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. And just a quick note before we get started, the community is still getting to know us. I just want to come out and tell you that in addition to her role at Christ Clinic, Carrie is also my wife, but I promise you that even if we weren't married, I would want her telling the story of our neighbors who are in this situation. So to get us started, Carrie, in a nutshell, what is Christ Clinic? Christ Clinic is a charity nonprofit clinic, and we've been in the Katy area since the year 2000. They started at a church in Katy and they were seeing patients one evening a week. And as the need grew, the clinic continued to grow. And in 2016, they finally outgrew their um, most recent space and they moved to where we are now. And we're open five days a week. And we see patients that have no insurance or have insurance that has a high deductible that is difficult for them to afford care using that insurance and our low income, which we define that to be a household income less than 200% of the federal poverty guidelines. Awesome. Okay. You just said a lot and I want to drill a little bit deeper into all that. First of all, tell me more about your patients. Who are they? Where do they come from? So we see patients in the Katy area, so there's no defined geographical region that people have to come from. So they come from Harris County, they come from Fort Bend County, they come from Waller County, and our clinic is physically located right there at the epicenter of all three counties. And the zip code where we have the most patients come from is 77449, so that's north of I-10, you know, around um, Barker Cypress and Highway 6 area. And then our fastest growing zip code is actually 77494. Um, which is the newer part of Katy, which some folks might be surprised to learn. Um, There is a high number of people in that part of town that are needing our services. So, you know, we mostly see adults, um, so 18 and older, and we see men, we see women, we see, um, technically we're a primary care clinic, and so we see a little bit of everything, and uh, we try to treat whatever we can that's within our means and within our ability, um, any healthcare need that anybody comes in for. And so we provide care for, you know, people that are sick, um, you know, just with simple things, the flu, uh, strep throat, a cold, 
people with injuries. We see people um, that have chronic health problems, things like that. Okay, so I'm hearing a ton of services there from some of these prevention-oriented classes to the primary care that you offer to people from a huge geographical region. But I guess I just want to be really clear at the beginning of our conversation. If they didn't come to you, what other options would these uninsured and underinsured people have in our area? So there are clinics that are called Federally Qualified Health Centers, or FQHC for short. And those are federally funded clinics, and there are many of those in especially centrally located in the Houston area. And then there are some that are located farther out into the suburbs and in the Katy area. The majority of patients that are seen at FQHCs have Medicaid, um, which requires a certain quite low income level to qualify for. And occasionally, if you are uninsured, you can be seen at a um, FQHC clinic. And typically those clinics, um, they provide you know great care. They charge patients without any insurance on a sliding scale fee, and that's based on their income. And so we hear from our patients that come to see us that sometimes the barrier for them to be able to get care there is that the, the cost for their visit is still higher than they're able to pay. Hmm. So at Christ Clinic, because we are a charity clinic, uh, we have always been able to keep our costs very low for the patient. So for our patients, for their first visit, they pay only $25 for their visit. And then for every visit after their first visit, they only pay $15, which hmm. is quite low wow, yeah. compared to anywhere else that mm-hmm. an uninsured patient is going to receive care. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's back up a minute because I think one of the interesting things about the story of Christ Clinic are the people that devote their time to that work. You mentioned a lot of volunteers contribute at a high level to accomplish your mission. But what about you? What was your attraction to the work of the clinic? How did you first hear about Christ Clinic? I've been a registered nurse for over 10 years now, and I used to live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I worked as a nurse in one of the hospitals there in St. Louis. And then when my family moved to Texas in 2011, I took a short break from working to figure out what I wanted to do next. And so as I had extra time on my hands, I went looking for a place where I could volunteer my skills as a nurse. And just through simply doing some Google research, Mm -hmm. I found Christ Clinic. And, you know, they were located, you know, close to where I lived. And so I signed on actually as a volunteer registered nurse back around probably 2012 or so. And so I got connected that way and I was helping, you know, uh, take vital signs for patients and put patients in exam rooms. And I was helping in the pharmacy and giving medications to patients and I really enjoyed it. And I just saw the need that existed and I saw the care that healthcare providers were able to give Mm -hmm. to the community in need. About that same time, I went on my first missions trip to the Dominican Republic and this particular missions organization also runs a health clinic there in the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. And we were able to tour this clinic. And again, in that community, there's also a high need for healthcare. Sure. Patients that otherwise can't access healthcare on their own. And uh, the wheels just started turning for me. Um, hey, what part could I play in this need that I see that exists? Mm-hmm. And um, going back to school for my master's degree to become a nurse practitioner had never been a goal of mine, 
But as I started um, just seeing things differently through those experiences, my mind changed and I decided that going back to school and learning the additional education and skills to become a practitioner Mm -hmm. would be able to provide um, service to patients in need, either here locally or Mm -hmm. Uh, across the world. And so it was really the combination of those two things. Um, And from the very beginning, when I went back to school, I knew that I wanted to use my skills on the mission field um, in any way that I could. And I knew that I wanted to use my skills right here in my community. Mm -hmm. And I thought if I can work at a place like Christ Clinic, then I then I want to go back to school and do this. So I did and I suffered through what is known as grad (laughs) school. And um, when I graduated and 2016 I actually took a full-time position as a family nurse practitioner at Christ Clinic so that worked out quite well for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so back back to the community that you serve, you know, we said it at the top, you're seeing patients who just have limited options and I know sometimes these people are are just really up against it in life. Can you give us a story or two? to help us understand the desperate situation that some of your patients find themselves in. Sure. So, you know, where we live in the state of Texas and in, you know, the city of Katy, just outside of the city of Houston, we're in a unique place just in the country. Mm-hmm. And so first, I just kind of want to give the context of, you know, across the entire United States, the uninsured rate is right at about 11% of people don't have health insurance. But if you just take the state of Texas, the uninsured rate goes up to 20%. Wow. And some of the reasons for that is back in 2014, Texas did not decide to expand Medicaid, which means that if you don't make a lot of money, you have to make very, very little money to qualify for Medicaid in Texas. So patients that are still considered to be low income, as determined by that federal poverty guideline Mm -hmm. chart that takes into account your household income, they're still considered low income by those standards, but they make too much to qualify for Medicaid. And so, um, and even if you take the uninsured rate uh, in Texas, that's not low income people, you know, an overwhelming majority of those uninsured people in Texas are working people. So these Hmm. just aren't unemployed people. These are working people who, for whatever reason, either their employer doesn't offer health insurance or because their employment wage is so low that Mm -hmm. to pay a health insurance premium would not be financially feasible for them. It sounds like you're talking about an in-between space. Like they're just people that get caught in this spot of just falling in this in-between space where they have nowhere to turn. Absolutely. There are a lot of great employers out there that have great employee benefits that include really good health insurance Mm -hmm. policies. And, you know, we all complain about how much we pay for our health insurance premium and nobody wants to do it. And it seems like there should be a better system. And I know that, you know, we're all keep hoping that someday that better system will develop. But until then, this is what we have. And so most of us have that option. And even Mm -hmm. though we whine and complain, we just pay that monthly premium or it comes out of our paycheck and we have that insurance there for us when we need it. Right. And then you've got the really, really low income people, um, who qualify for state assistance in the form Mm -hmm. of Medicaid. And then, yes, you're right. There's this very large gap between those two groups of people. And, you know, even in Harris County, it's 22% of the population of Harris County finds themselves wow. uninsured. Now, they may or may not be low or high income, but right. they don't have health insurance. Yeah, almost one in four. So 
back to that question about desperation, like what what are the stories that you're hearing? What what are these patients, these people that are stuck in that spot? What are they coming to you with? What are the needs that they have? What is the situation that they find themselves in that that leads them to your clinic? Sure. You know, I won't bore everybody with lots of numbers, statistics, but if you would dive deep into those data points, you would see that overall people that are uninsured have poor health. Sure. And the reasons for that is because they wait longer before they finally do go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, including Christ Clinic or just anywhere that could provide them medical care. They wait longer. Um, they try to treat with home remedies. They try to just get by. They um, might have some leftover antibiotics in their medicine cabinet. You know, everybody does. Mm-hmm. And um, so they take those to try and treat whatever's ailing them. And then usually they um, come to see us at Christ Clinic once things have been going on for a long time mm. and once things have gotten uh, a lot worse. Yeah. And I can think of several examples where that has happened, you know, people that hadn't been to the doctor in years and hadn't had even a checkup hmm. because they didn't have insurance. And so, you know, we have diagnosed several people with cancer that normally would be really treatable cancers if they had been found early with the regular screenings that happen at regular checkups. But because they didn't have access to that kind of care, you know, we've diagnosed their cancer at a later stage. And and some of those patients have even passed away because of that condition. Hmm. You know, we have a lot of patients who either were born in a Central American country or they have a lot of family in Central American countries, even if they were born here in the United States, just because of the nature of, you know, Katie and Houston. And they will travel to other countries to have surgery Hmm. because... It is much more affordable in other countries. Now, I don't know what else that means, but the bottom line is that it's more affordable. And so, you know, we have older people that will go have knee replacement surgery. And, you know, these are considered elective surgeries, you know, because they're not an emergency. So in order to get them done here in Texas without insurance, they're going to have to pay upfront and they're going to have to pay a lot of money. Okay, so I hear you saying two points of desperation already. One is just the reality of so many people's lives that they just wait too long. And and that's an act of desperation. I mean, whereas you or I can go somewhere, get something checked out, they don't think they have any options. So they wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And by the time they get in front of you, it's too late. The second thing that you mentioned is they'll go wherever they can get the cheapest care, fly to another country because it's still cheaper, and inherit a lot of risk with that given the quality of medical care there. What what other forms of desperation do you see in those patients? You know, as I said before, we treat a lot of patients with chronic diseases like high blood pressure and diabetes. And a story that I hear frequently from patients is that they ration their medication supply, whether it's their pills Hmm. or their insulin that they have to inject. And because not only is it expensive to come to any clinic and be Mm -hmm. seen, but also just because medication is expensive, they will cut their pills in half or they will lower the dose of their insulin and they will take less than they're supposed to take because they want it to last longer. And when that happens, it doesn't, the medication doesn't work as well as it's supposed to. And so we will see people once they didn't know that Christ Clinic existed um, for 
quite a while. And so they're doing this rationing of medication for however, how long. And by the time they come to Christ Clinic to see us, their blood sugar is very, very high because they're not taking the amount of medication that they should be. And it's not because they didn't know and it's not because they didn't want to. It's simply because they didn't have a way to get more medication. So they were doing the best that they could. Yeah. That's just a list of things that I know I have never, I've never thought about. I've never thought about having to ration medication or fly to another country to get treatment. Look, I know you're in the medical business and there are privacy laws surrounding the work that you do, but I'm just wondering if you could sketch kind of for us a a portrait of of a patient or a group of patients and just give us a story of kind of this desperation as you've seen it play out in the life of an individual? I have a lot of stories, I bet. but I'll kind of mash several of them together and kind of make it one generic story to protect their privacy. You know, I have patients that have a history of significant heart conditions mm-hmm. that for whatever reason, they relocate to this area and, um, they maybe came from a state that had better medical care mm-hmm. and they were able to qualify for, you know, Medicaid services. And they relocated to Texas because in their mind, they looked at the city of Houston and looked at the medical yeah. center and they thought, wow, that's really great medical care. I'll be fine. I can go there. That's a place where I can mm-hmm. live and be taken care of. And I've had to have conversations with patients where I've had to say, if it's at all possible, you need to move to a different state. Hmm. Because unless you are able to get a job that offers a good health insurance plan, which is a a difficult task for a lot of people that maybe don't have a college degree or don't have the skills for that type of job with that type Mm -hmm. of benefit package. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had to tell them, you know, I know this sounds extreme, but to get the level of medical care that you need it would be better for you to pick a different state that has better access to Medicaid coverage and move there. And we have counseled certain patients to do that and they have done that and they have gotten to those other states and they have gotten the care that they needed. And, um, and again, that's not because the care doesn't exist here. Everybody knows the medical community here is advanced and there is great care available. It's just that the cost is so prohibitive and so many people don't qualify for subsidized health care of any kind. Right. Yeah. The, the level and quality of care absolutely exists here. We have some of the finest hospitals and specialists and, and providers here in the country, I'm sure. But, you know, the system, the health system is designed for consumers Mm -hmm. with health insurance. So what's it like for you? I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in your position to sit and talk to someone who is already very vulnerable because of their health needs and to have to say to them, there's nothing that we can do for you here. It would be better for you to go back that must cause a lot of grief. That must be a really hard conversation to have. It's a very hard conversation to have because not only just as a healthcare provider do I know what the patient needs. You know, it's not an issue of this is a mystery illness. This is a, a diagnosis I can't figure out. No, I know what's 
wrong with the patient and I know what they need. But helping that patient access what they need is what feels like an enormous mountain in Mm -hmm. the way. And traditionally, most people in the community look at healthcare providers as helpers, Mm -hmm. as a source of when they have a healthcare need, they come to, you know, however they can get there or wherever they go, that then their needs will be met. That's just kind of the assumed expectation. And I know that that's what patients expect of me. And, you know, most of the time I can deliver and, um, I feel proud of that because that's my purpose and what I do. But when I'm not able to do that, not because I don't know what they need, but because I can't get them what they need because they just don't have the fortunate circumstance of having health insurance. Mm -hmm. That feels like it's wrong. Yeah. It feels like it denies that person of their dignity as a Mm. human being. It feels like, health and wholeness is a perk and not a right right which goes against what i just know and believe to be true that that health and wholeness is an inherent right to every human being on the planet yeah and i think there's a lot of things that are going right and that are to be celebrated within the healthcare community as a whole and yet in those moments when I have those conversations with patients, it feels like there is a lot that is wrong. Yeah. So you guys offer incredible care. You catch a population that would fall through um, a lot of cracks if if you didn't exist. But you are limited in some ways. What what can't you offer to people at the clinic? What what can't you do? And what do they do if you can't offer a path forward? Well, before I answer that question, I'm just going to assert myself here and tell you what we can do first. Yeah, please. (laughs) Because sometimes it can be easy to focus on what we can't do. And, you know, that list certainly is lengthy. But I also just want to celebrate what we are able to do because the Katie community does support us. Um, You know, we do not receive any federal money at all. We consist on individual donations, professional organization donations, Mm -hmm. church donations, Mm -hmm. um, non-federal grants. That's how we fund our clinic. And we are able to provide care for, you know, things I've already mentioned before, for acute illnesses, for chronic diseases. We're able to provide medications. We are able to provide well woman exams. For women, we are able to provide school physicals for college students. Mm -hmm. We're able to provide work physicals for employees. We are able, like I said, to provide education classes. And we really are a resource for those people that are in need. And we do our best when their health need comes beyond our scope. You know, we can't, we can't do everything. Mm -hmm. We Our staff works very hard and gets very creative to find a solution. And sometimes we're successful and other times we're not. But we know at the end of the day that we've exhausted our resources to help anyone with any of their needs. And so I'm really, really proud of that. Um, But there are some things that we are not able to help people with. 
you know, lately, our biggest needs that really, honestly, at the end of the day, they just sometimes they keep me awake at night because I'm yeah. not able to help with these particular needs. But we have patients that we've diagnosed with cancer hmm. and it is very difficult to get cancer care if you are not insured and talk about not being for a lack of resources. Right. You know, we have MD Anderson right here. That is a fantastic oncology center with some of the best doctors and medications that there yeah. are for fighting cancer but it is very difficult for an uninsured patient with cancer to access those resources and so they either go many months or more with a delay in treatment as they mm. try to navigate how to get care or they just simply go without care wow. at all okay so cancer is one of the things that obviously we can't treat cancer right. there right. at christ clinic and the other thing is when someone needs surgery. So if it's an emergent need, you know, if you have appendicitis, you know, mm -hmm. we send a patient to the hospital and they get surgery and that's good. And that's, a, I'm glad that that happens. But it's other types of surgery that aren't emergent that are very difficult to get if you don't have insurance. Like I mentioned earlier, if you need a knee replacement. So someone who, you know, as we get old, our body starts to wear down and our joints pop and crack and mm -hmm. creak and and you know many people need a knee replacement at some point in their life or knee surgery and it really affects your quality of life when you're in need of that For type sure. of surgery yeah. or we have a lot of people with hernias that happen again you know they happened on the job you know they were working hard they had a, a manual labor job and they developed a hernia in their abdomen and no it's not an emergency but it, it really interferes with their quality of life yeah. and it causes pain and it causes discomfort and it affects their ability to continue working Mm-hmm. But, you know, elective surgeries don't happen unless not an option. payment comes up yep. front. And surgery, once you add up all the costs involved in that, I mean, is in the thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars. And, you know, our patients are low income. And so that is always beyond their means. Okay. So in an area as prosperous as ours, I'm sure it's hard for some of our listeners to believe that such a large population of vulnerable citizens exist. I mean, you said almost one in four in Harris County. I also know that people aren't the sum total of their situation, that these vulnerable people also exhibit other qualities that you get to see up close and personal. What What is something about the community of people that you serve that the rest of Katie might be surprised to learn? So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, which is about as Midwest as it gets. It's mm -hmm. pretty much smack dab in the middle of the country. And St. Louis has some level of diversity, but it's still the Midwest. And it's a small city. And so its diversity is limited. And so when I moved to Texas, what always struck me as unique was how vast the diversity is here in Houston. And that exists in Katy as well. And what I love about my job at Christ Clinic is that I have the privilege to interact with people from literally all over the world. Hmm. I'm not kidding. I can go in a one week period and I can meet someone from, you know, countries in Africa, countries in Asia, countries hmm. in South America, in sure. Central America, and then obviously North America. And it's just fascinating to hear their stories and you know the different places that they've been in their life and what brings them to the katie area and um, because they're they're here most of these patients are here 
on a temporary visa while they mm-hmm. wait. Um, they've applied for their residency status, and that's a long, arduous process. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they aren't able to work yet. And they find themselves lonely in a country where they don't speak the language and they're right. not familiar with the community. And so I think that that number is continuing to grow all hmm. the time. And so I think that that's a really unique thing that's present in the city of Katy that most people might not know is how many people are visiting here are moving here to set up their lives here that are coming from all over the world. And if you've always been here and are used to that, mm-hmm. I think people take for granted how unique that is compared to many, many parts of the, the rest States, of the yeah. country. And what I hear in your answer there that I find so fascinating is that, you know, you, you have these people that are starting over, they're lonely, they're they're in a little bit of a desperate financial situation. Obviously, with your patients, you've got stresses around health, but... They're survivors, like they're resolute, they're grinding it out, they're they're figuring out how to make it work. And obviously, what you and your colleagues at Christ Clinic do each day certainly give them hope and a glimpse that, that there are uh, better possibilities for them and their family. So on behalf of our community, um, I just wanted to thank you for that. You're providing a beautiful service and and you guys are terrific neighbors to those folks that find their way to, to our area. I I think the last question I wanted to ask you, Carrie, is really about our community. You know, you, you have a unique vantage point as you just spoke, uh, spoke to of, of what makes Katie, Katie. And, And I ask everybody this question, but how would you define Katie? What, what makes it unique from from the place that you kind of live and serve there at the clinic? The first thing that comes to mind really is the diversity. Mm-hmm. I really value that quality of Katie. I really enjoy that as I go about my day and I go to work and I go shopping and I go out to eat that the people around me don't look like me. Hmm. And I really appreciate that. When I go back home to visit, sometimes that's not always true. And I find that I miss it. Because I think it's really valuable to learn that the world is bigger than our little zip code. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if you really involve yourself in the whole breadth of the Katy area, which is very large geographically, for sure, the spectrum is actually very wide. Mm-hmm. There are people with literally nothing living on the streets, and there are people living in enormous, beautiful houses. And I think there's room for both of them. And I think that when those that have extra are generous with that extra, whether that's their money, mm-hmm. whether it's with their skills. We have intelligent, crazy, gifted people that live here in Katy. Mm-hmm. When they use their knowledge or their skills for any of the organizations in the community, but including Christ Clinic, we can provide a safety net for a very vulnerable population. Mm. I think that everyone has had an experience where they got sick 
whether that was minor or major. We all can remember how life just comes grinding to a halt in some way. And how much easier it is to get through that interruption of our life mm-hmm. when there is someone nearby to take care of us, right? Whether it's your husband takes the kids so that you can go back to bed or a coworker brings over some chicken noodle soup or somebody visits you in the hospital mm-hmm. after you have surgery and brings you casseroles and on and on. Um, it is harder to go through these things alone. So if you take this on a bigger scale, when it's not just a, um, a small interruption, but it's with people that have chronic diseases that heavily impact their life, they have life-altering diagnoses that impact their whole life. If we as the community of Katie can come alongside them and say, we're here for you, we are going to support you through this, whether it's through our financial donation to a place like Christ Clinic to provide that care, whether it's a specialist who um, can offer their services and their skills that you know we at Christ Clinic and our primary care limitations are not able to do, or whether it's you know lobbying on Capitol Hill mm-hmm. to hurry up this process of improving our overall healthcare system. Yeah. But I think it's realizing that healthy individuals make a healthy community. Mm. And if we can step back enough outside of our own home, um, but because that's important, but if we can step back enough to look at the entire community and realize that the, the healthier that the whole community is individually, then the healthier the community is as a mm-hmm. whole. Well, on behalf of our whole community, thank you to you and to the clinic for leading out in that way, for providing a phenomenal service to vulnerable people. Uh, to being more neighbors uh, to people than considering them strangers uh, and for your ongoing work. Hopefully people will jump on and find out more, but thanks for sharing your experience with us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks for listening. The Katie Podcast is brought to you by The 25 Group, a Katie-based nonprofit serving our community. Find out more at the25group.org and join with us as we seek to help those in need. Hey, thanks also to Chris Verner for his expertise with music and editing. And thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word, connect with us on our Facebook page, and subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Titus, and you've been listening to the story of Katie, Texas. This is the Katie Podcast.